Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandian. Yesterday we began taking up the Beatitudes, the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. Today we're taking up Beatitude number two. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. The fact that we're born again, the great comforter abides with us, always is with us, and there's no situation he can't help turn around. Let's go to the Word of God together. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and something to take notes with and study the Word of God with Pastor Bob Yandian. Hello and welcome again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. This is number two, lesson number two on the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes are really like the introduction to the Sermon on the Mount, and it's really a process of growth. He taught this to his disciples, but then we're gonna find out later on, the multitudes find him halfway through chapter seven. And uh, but by that time, Jesus simply, the Beatitudes started off the Sermon on the Mount, and the purpose of the Sermon on the Mount was to train his team. That's why only the disciples were present at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, but halfway through chapter seven, the multitudes again find him. Jesus broke away from the crowds. And because he had to train a team, even as though he was the son of God, born of a virgin and anointed by the Holy Spirit, he still had human limitations. He had to grow as far as natural things were concerned. The Bible says that Jesus increased in favor, in knowledge and stature, not, not, not Christ because Christ doesn't increase, but the humanity of Jesus did have to. And so because he was teaching ministry in his humanity, he could get tired, he could get weak, he had to sleep. But on the other hand, he had to train up a group of people that could go out and do things he couldn't do. And he begins with the 12, and this is what he does. Here's the first time he trains the 12, and the 12 are now seeing how massive this thing has gotten. And he, and now Jesus has said, I've got to train you. So he separated from the crowds and took the, the disciples, 12 of them, up to the top of a mountain, thought he had, I mean, the disciples do, we've gotten away from the crowds, but probably somebody saw him go up there, word began to get out, and people began to trickle in, and by the time we come to the halfway through chapter seven, the same 100,000 or more people were all around, and Jesus switched his sermon at the halfway through chapter seven, went from instructing on growth and instruction on how to work as a team to halfway through chapter seven, then he began to teach a simple salvation message. And that salvation message was accepting him as Lord and Savior. And then after that was growth in the Lord. And that was which, which uh, you know, foundation will you built on the rock or the sand or anyway. So halfway through chapter seven, a simple salvation message, which road are you on, which gate are you headed toward? And then which foundation will you build on if you accept him as Lord? and Savior. So that was halfway through chapter seven. So the rest of chapter seven deals with that. Coming back to it, we come back to this also. And that is Jesus Christ again had to because of his limitation, raised up the disciples and had to break away from the crowds. And so there's times you do this yourself. Let me just admonish you if you're a minister that I know ministering, people often say, well, pastoring should be simple. Man, you don't have to deal with Christians like, like pastors do. And sometimes I think it's possible that Christians can out sin sinners. And I, there's times I've sat down with, with people discussing their marriage or discussing business problems, discussing moral problems and thinking, but the word of God teaches so simply on this. How could you get so far off into this and understand something that they did not follow the word of God? And so there's times when really the mental pressure of, you, it isn't so much physical work, but mental pressure can be more exhausting than physical. 
And mental exercise can be far more exhausting than physical exercise, and you have to take time off. And it's just also important as the church begins to grow that you add somebody to help you to do these things. And of course, Moses went through this back in the Old Testament when he tried to counsel everybody all by himself, two million people. And his father-in-law came to him and said, what you're doing is not good. He said, you need to train up a team and told him how to do it. And then Moses did it and it freed him up to be able to study the word of God and pray. So Jesus does this because he has to, because he can't handle the, the crowds coming to him and train up his disciples. So in Matthew chapter five, let's take a look at verses one through 12, because here is where the, uh, the Beatitudes begin and the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain and when he sat down, his disciples came to him and he opened his mouth and taught them saying, and now we start the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We covered this one yesterday. This is the sinner, the one who is poor in spirit. The Greek word actually means destitute, bankrupt in spirit, and that's the unbeliever. But notice they're blessed. What he's simply saying is you're blessed because Jesus died for you and you don't have to do anything to get saved except open your heart and receive him. There is no works necessary. You do not have to do this in a church, although you can. You don't have to sit in front of a TV and see some minister, although you can. You don't have to visit some big arena somewhere where somebody on the level of a Billy Graham is preaching, although you can. But you can be by yourself and accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. So the work has been done. Jesus did all this for you, and all he does is hold out the gift to you, and all you have to do is receive it. The key word in chapter one of John is, as many as received him. To them he gave power to become the sons of God. So blessed are the poor, the destitute, in spirit. Why? For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So he starts out with blessings, 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 but the first blessing is on the unbeliever. Why? Because Jesus did the work you don't have to do. And I brought it out yesterday. If you're in prison somewhere and the doors stand wide open, you got to be dumb for doing that. And basically that's what's happened. The whole world is sitting in a prison cell, but Jesus opened up all the doors and the doors are opened up all the way out to the street. Just walk out. That's all you have to do. Yeah, but I was a prostitute. Just walk out. But I was a drug dealer just walk out. I was into human trafficking. Just walk out. Jesus died for all those sins and judged them. He's only left one sin that you're accountable for, and that is rejection or acceptance of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. If you do not accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, you will end up in hell and eventually the lake of fire. But here's the point. You didn't go there because of your sins. You went there because of one sin that Jesus did not judge on the cross, and that was rejection of himself. You rejected Jesus if you accept that, you're going to go to heaven, not because of your good works. Oh, he wants us to accomplish good works, but we cannot accomplish good works until we're saved. Because the moment we're saved, then we have the provisions and the power to do so. But the point of it is, is you go to heaven because you've accepted Jesus. The whole separation between heaven and hell is not the sins you've committed, not the actions you have done, not the adultery you were into, not the, the crime you were into, uh, selling drugs. No, that is not the issue. The issue is Jesus died for all of that. The one thing that he set left with you is this, will you accept me as your Lord and Savior? When the Philippian jailer, who had beaten Paul and beaten all those men that were there, cried out because of the, the foundations being shaken and an earthquake occurring and the doors all flew wide open. When this man said to Paul, he said, what must I do to be saved? Paul didn't say, well, stop beating people. 
you know, become a nice guy, attend church. No, he didn't say that to him. He said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ as your savior, as your Lord, believe on him and you will be saved. That's the simplicity of it. As many as received him, he's a gift to them. He gave power to become the sons and the daughters of God. So what you need to do is is that's what you need to do in your life. If you're not saved, if you've never accepted Jesus, if you're not a Christian, I'm here to tell you, you're blessed. For one thing, why? You don't have to do anything. As far as going to church and all this, yes, he wants you to go to church, but get saved first. And you can get saved right there where you are. All you have to do is open up your heart and say, Lord, I receive Jesus as my savior, as the Lord of my life. And Father, I'm so grateful you raised Jesus from the dead and he's alive forevermore. He's now my savior. You just walked out of prison. The door stood wide open before because Jesus opened the door, but you have to make the decision and take the slight effort to stand up and walk out. Today, we're gonna take up number two. I'll go ahead and read the rest of these, but then we'll come back to verse four and take up the second one. Those, he says here, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others shall revile you, persecute you, and say all kinds of evil things against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. So they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So again, Jesus is training a team a team to go into ministry. And Jesus took the disciples apart from the crowds and taught them. And this is basically what this program is. My basic thing in the program is I'm not here just to get people saved, although we get them saved. I explained to you how, but the main thing that this broadcast is built around is perfecting and maturing of the saints. And this is what Jesus is doing by training up a team. By you joining Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you now become part of a gigantic family that parts on earth and parts in heaven. And uh, so one day if you die from here and you'll go into heaven, you'll, you'll join the massive part of the body of Christ and the massive part of the family of God that is now in heaven. And so in the meantime, you're down here on this earth, still part of the family. But again, what God wants you to do is join together as a team, call Christians, coming to church, finding out what you're supposed to do and do your part. This is why, again, it's so important for a Christian to become part of a church once they receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. I like the man that was healed at the gate, beautiful. The Bible says the moment that he was healed, he went walking and leaping and praising God. Somewhere in those leaps and jumping up and down, he accepted Jesus as his Lord and Savior, and he went walking, leaping, and praising God. Sinners don't do that. It takes a believer to do that. So somewhere between his healing and at that point, he accepted Jesus as his Lord and Savior. Then it says, and he followed them, Peter and John, into the temple. That's what should happen. We lead people to Jesus and they should follow us right into church. We should lead them into church and tell them, we got a seat saved for you. We'll come and pick you up. Those are the different things that you can do when a person accepts Jesus as Lord and Savior. 
So again, the first beatitude was blessed are the destitute, the bankrupt, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And now we come to number two. And beatitude number two is this, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Let's talk about mourning or something from the word of God here. Blessed are those who mourn. He isn't saying here that happen, the things that happen to you are blessed. He's just saying you are blessed in the midst of a bad situation. And the mourning here is simply things that everyone goes through. Mourning is part of life, whether you're a sinner or a saint. But the point of it is, notice what he says now that you're blessed, for they shall be comforted. Where the world does not have a comforter, we do. Our comforter has a capital C on it. It's not just a friend that'll put his arm around us and, and offer us a few platitudes and a few good words and I'm here for you, buddy, but honestly can't do anything for you. I have a comforter that not only puts his arm around me and tells me he can help me, he can help me. He's not lying, he's telling the truth. He can bring me peace and joy from God and actually begin to help me and work out the situation that has come against me. And the things here, what he talks about it, he says, blessed are those who mourn, it comes to every one of us. People turn against us. People say bad things against us. We lose a job. We get fired. We do all these things. But where the world has no one to turn to, except again for a few friends down at the local bar where we all sit and put our arms around and cry together, it really does no good. But I have a comforter that when he came, he is all powerful. He's the third member of the Godhead and he can work with me and help me turn the situation around. So if sinners mourn, so do Christians. But notice why a Christian is blessed when they mourn, for they shall be comforted. In fact, one of the names for the Holy Spirit is the Comforter. And Jesus said, I'll send you a Comforter just like me, and he'll abide with you forever. We'll see you right after the break, right after halftime, and we'll be back and take up right where we left off. In Psalm 11, we are warned, if the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? Believers who wish to grow in Christ must understand the foundation of doctrines on which our faith is built. Doctrines are not difficult to understand, but they often come disguised as complicated or deep-sounding words, even when the definitions are simple. In 32 audio lessons, Bob Yandian simplifies these doctrines that bring strength and stability to a believer's foundation. Topics include redemption, predestination, sanctification, unlimited atonement, the flesh, resurrection bodies, baptism, the infilling of the Spirit, and laying on of hands. This flash drive can be used with computers, MP3 players, smartphones, and tablets, as well as car stereos equipped with USB connection. To order foundations, go to bobhandian.com. Theology Simplified is a practical guide to foundational biblical truth. Basic doctrines are not difficult, but easy to understand. They often become disguised as complicated or deep-sounding words, but the definitions are simple. Using straightforward vocabulary and down-to-earth examples, Pastor Bob makes complex theological concepts clear and practical. Eight crucial doctrines of the Christian faith are demystified. Redemption, justification, sanctification, reconciliation, predestination, election, propitiation, and glorification. These eight precepts, essential for all believers to understand, come to light as you read and arrive at a deeper understanding of the finished work of Jesus Christ. To order Theology Simplified, visit our website at bobyandian.com. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. 
because of your generosity and faithfulness, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit our website at bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. Welcome back. We are in Beatitude number two, blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. And I just want to say this too, one of the blessings you have as a Christian, you can now turn to the Word of God. Not only is the Holy Spirit your comforter, but the Word of God can bring comfort to you and the Holy Spirit can use the Word because one of the things the comforter does, the Holy Spirit, is he leads you and guides you into all truth. So listen, don't get upset whenever problems come your way and the first thing you think of is the Scripture. Don't think, well, I could have done that. No, it was the Holy Spirit that brought it to your mind because Jesus said the first thing he'll do is lead you and guide you into all truth and then show you things to come. That's one of the great things about the Word of God. I just want to mention some things too here. If you're a partner with me and and all that, and you, and you know, or you're just watching the program for the first time, I have another website called ministersclub.com. And on there, you'll find all kinds of free downloadable things to where you can, uh, outlines for sermons, things like that. They'll be a great blessing to you, along with just other types of things. So you can find them there on ministersclub.com. But I also want to say too, I have these broadcasts all archived and that's on YouTube. If you'd like to go back and find them one after another, I think that's important like in the car. If you're about to take a trip, you're going to be gone for a couple, three hours, go, go to YouTube and then find them. As soon as one's over, just touch the next one and go to the next one. You can hear them right there one after another. And of course, then I'm on television networks too. So again, what a great blessing. If you'd like to become a partner with me, then go to bobyandian.com. You'll find a place there where you can join me as a partner. Again, let's talk about mourning. Blessed are those who mourn. Again, mourning is just part of the Christian life as well as the sinner's life. Mourning comes to every one of us because why? This is simply the problems of life. Trials, troubles, death around us, people die, situations go wrong, you get laid off on a job, something like that. But where the sinner has no one to turn to, we do. And that is the great comforter. In fact, again, the Holy Spirit, Jesus said the first thing about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit who is with you shall be in you. And he was simply saying the first ministry of the Holy Spirit is he's with us. Here's the comforter's ministry. He's with us as a friend, as a companion, and as a comforter. We all have times of happiness and we have times of tragedy. This is just things that come to all of us is the troubles and trials of life. And so death, people dying around us, and death in the family, those kinds of things. But man, the comforter is there to help you through all of these things. And one of the great encouragement comes is that when someone dies around us that's a Christian, the first thing you know is they're in heaven. So my mourning won't last long because I'll be in heaven soon, whether I die and go there or the rapture of the church comes. This is again, let's talk about reasons why we mourn. There's things throughout the word of God. There are certain times and mourning just comes to all of us. Ecclesiastes 3, 4 says there is a time to mourn, a time to dance. And so there's times in life where you're going to have good times, bad times, but welcome to life. But the point of it is my life is not determined by what I go through. My life is determined by who is with me and in me. And that's the Holy Spirit. So again, Ecclesiastes 3, 4, there is a time to mourn and a time to dance. 
the next of all is when the wicked rule. With this, it says in Proverbs 29 and verse two, when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice, but when the wicked rule, the people mourn. Man, welcome to the United States. Man, we have a good president, then we have a bad president. Then we have a bad president, a good president. I mean, just, we get this thing going. And the point of it is there is a, a rejoicing that goes on with that, but understand that rejoicing isn't gonna be forever because there's gonna be somebody else come in later that won't be that good. I rejoice because I have a ruler in heaven that cannot be voted it out. We'll one day sit on the earth. We will not have to elect him every four years. There'll be no Congress. There'll be no Senate. There'll be no Republicans. There'll be no Democrats. There'll be no liberals. There'll be no conservatives. There'll be no Supreme Court. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit will be the Supreme Court. And so we have all these. Satan will be gone. Religion will be gone. All sinners will be removed off the earth, and that's going to introduce the 1,000 years of the millennial reign of Jesus Christ. So I'm simply saying here is, yeah, there's these times, but one day we're going to look forward to the time and understand we will be in a time period where Jesus Christ will rule personally on the earth, and that's called the millennial reign of Jesus Christ. Then when there's the drought of the word of God in the land, Hosea chapter 4 talks about that when the word of God is not taught within your nation, you might go to church, you might hear a simple salvation message, but you don't hear it beyond that. Or you might just get a thought for the day. How are you supposed to build your life on a thought for the day? You need the word of God. It's not the thought for the day that is the bread of life. It's the word of God that is the bread of life. It has to be broken and torn apart and shown us what we need. Hosea 4, 1 through 3 says this, hear the word of the Lord, you children of Israel, for the Lord has a controversy with the inhabitants of the land because there is no truth. What he's saying was we have sermons, but we don't have any word in in it. There is no truth. There is no mercy. Therefore, there is no knowledge of God in the land. And so it ends up by the swearing and lying and killing, that's murder and stealing, committing adultery. They break beyond the bounds and blood touches blood. This is violence breeds more violence. Therefore, the land will mourn and everyone that dwells in it shall languish. This verse says when you see an outbreak and boy, are we seeing outbreaks across our country today? And I mean, crime is on the rise and we fought for years to get crime down. All of a sudden, in the past just months, it has exploded all across our country. And our court systems are different. Our judges are different. We don't know what's going on. I'm simply here to tell you, in all of this, what does it say? It says the land will mourn. We are mourning for that right now. But what's the good thing about mourning? What is it about mourning that there's a turning to it? If you're a Christian, you have somebody to turn to because blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. I have the Holy Spirit who can comfort me, number one, by saying, first of all, you're born again. You are in this world, but you're not of this world. You are a citizen of this country, but you're a greater citizen of heaven. And one day when you accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, your citizenship was transferred to heaven eternally. I have a momentary citizenship here in the United States of America. And all that's gonna end one day. And I'll be in heaven forever and forever. And with Jesus forever and forever. So it says, because that the land will mourn, everyone that dwells in it shall languish. And this means Christians and saints and, and non-Christians alike will languish at that uh, when this happens. But it's simply saying, even though I may hate what's going on in our country, I don't like what's going on around me. I don't like what's going on in politics. I don't like the direction our country is going to. In fact, the whole world is headed in that direction. I know the end of that. Jesus Christ is going to come back. And in the meantime, I know I am a born again believer. And when Jesus comes for the church, I am going with the church into heaven to be taken into his presence. So everything in the future looks good. Although right now I might be mourning at the things around me. 
so we can become comforted by the Comforter. And again, this is a title for him. Jesus said that the Comforter will come. And in Matthew chapter five and verse four, it says, you shall be comforted. Blessed are those who mourn for you shall be comforted. The Greek word for comforted is para kaleo. It means to stand beside. The name for the Comforter is one who stands beside us. Para meaning beside, kaleo meaning to stand. And the Holy Spirit stands beside me comforts me, talks to me. The comforter who has the Holy, is the Holy Spirit has been given to us. John 14, six, Jesus said, I will pray the Father and he will give you another comforter. I like that word, another. There's two Greek words for another. One means another of a different kind. And this one here in this verse means another of the same kind. He's just like me. He is not me, but he's just like me. Anything I can do, he can do. Healing, he can bring it. Comfort, he can comfort you. And it goes on to say, it says, I'll give you another of the same kind, a comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Here's something better than me. And that is, I have to go up to my heavenly father. I'll be gone for a while, but the comforter will be, and he will be with you forever. And so the comforter is mentioned four times only in the book of John. John 14, verses 16 and 26. John 15, verse 26. And John 16 and verse 7. Four times he's mentioned as the comforter. Again, the parakaletos, the comforter, the consoler of God. Because why? He comes not only to comfort me, he gives me the word, consoles me, and then on top of that has supernatural power to work with me. And we can see these things turned around. Here's the good thing about bad situations that come. They're all temporary, but the Holy Spirit is eternal. I might be going through a storm, but the good news is on the other side of the storm, the sun is still over there. The storm did not get rid of the sun. It just blocks it for a while. And storms are temporary. The sun is eternal. My new birth is eternal. My glory is eternal. And guess what? The Satan who got me into this or just the natural circumstances of life that got me into this, all of that is temporary. On the other side of it is the grace, the mercy, and the keeping power and the comforting power of the Holy Spirit. So this isn't just sympathy, it's consolation. Comfort with divine peace to real answers in our problems. Isaiah 61 verses two and three, he said, I've come to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God and to comfort all who mourn. Boy, Jesus said it right here. Here's a fulfillment of that verse. To appoint to them that mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning and the garments of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Wow. All those things, why? Because that's prepared for us. Oh, thank God for the Holy Spirit. So the sinner has no comfort outside of the strength of the flesh, personal character, or input from the world or friends around him. But the believer has the word of God, the presence of the Holy Spirit, even with friends, who are not present, the Holy Spirit will never leave us nor forsake us. There's times you go through a problem, the first thing you wanna do is grab your phone and call somebody. Well, I'm here to tell you, what if they're not on the other end? What if they're doing something? What if they say, listen, I'll get back to you later. And you're thinking, I need something right now. Well, guess who's with you right now? And that is the Holy Spirit. So on top of that, we who have the Holy Spirit can bless those who do not have the Holy Spirit, or we who have the Holy Spirit can be also a great blessing to those who are not listening to the Holy Spirit that's with them. So we have comfort for unbelievers and we have comfort for believers. Second Corinthians chapter one, verses three and four, blessed be God the Father, 
God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of all mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them who are in any kind of trouble by the comfort with which ourselves are comforted by God. What's it saying? What God does for you, you owe it to other people around you. Here is your model. God is your model. And he comforts us by the Holy Spirit. But we understand something. I have the Holy Spirit. And I who have the Holy Spirit can now comfort anybody, whether they're a sinner or a saint, I can offer supernatural comfort to those around me. To the sinner, I can simply say, all the Holy Spirit's wanting you to do is open up your heart and receive Jesus Christ, and you can have a permanent comforter for your life just like I do. So the simplicity of the new birth. For the believer, it's the simplicity of turning to the one who's already with you, turning to the promises of God, and the Holy Spirit will bring the promises to you, but also can bring supernatural comfort to you what we receive from God we owe to each other. Only the Holy Spirit living in us can comfort any believer, even a sinner in a situation. God has called us and that's why he's left us here in this earth to bring salvation to those that need it and comfort to the lives of believers who obviously are missing it and don't know they have the comforter with them. Well, praise God. I'll see you tomorrow. We'll continue from this point and go on to number three in the Sermon on the Mount of the Beatitudes. See you then. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. Visit bobyandian.com. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.